I'm Lieutenant Joe Pangaro. I've been a cop for 27 years. I like to say I got a backstage pass to life. Well, guess what? I got some tickets for you. So come on in, pull up a chair, turn up that volume, and let's go. Chasing Justice is on. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Chasing Justice. So as I have done in the past, I am doing today. Today, I'm coming to you from a remote location out of my uh, New Jersey ensconced uh, bunker, so to speak. And I took that from Mark Levin. Yes, I'm not a backbencher, Mark. I simply like the term bunker. Uh, from my studio in New Jersey. And today, I am on the road, and we are in St. Louis, Missouri. And I am here for the NAIS uh, School Safety Conference, right? So NAIS is the National Association of Independent Schools. Uh, several of those schools, of the bigger ones, have been my client uh, for some of the work that I do to keep schools safe and secure. And they're having a big conference here. And I decided, uh, you know, I think I need to come and get to know some people and see what's going on, see how I can offer my services to help these schools be safe and secure because the world of danger that comes to all of our public spaces is not going away and is only going to increase. I think if we look and we see uh, the possibility that there could be terrorist activities taking place in the next months, weeks, years, uh, because of all the people that have come across the border coming from nations who have avowed to destroy us, who hate us, want to kill all of us, the possibility of something happening uh, has actually grown. The FBI has said, Christopher Ray has come out and said uh, that there are more blinking red lights for danger to America than there were before uh, 2001, before 9-11, uh, 2001. So that's something to be concerned about. Uh, we need to really all pay attention. So I'm out here to do that, and that's what I'm doing. It's an interesting place, St. Louis. Uh, I'm going to go to the to the arch, and I'm going to. There's actually a tram ride in the arch. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Uh, I had I had been this way through this way. Uh, it was pretty interesting. I get out of the airplane and I take an Uber uh, to my hotel in downtown, and I see that I'm on Route 70, east and west. Now it's funny because uh, I remember when I was a kid in 1969, my father had taken us, taken our whole family on a trip across the country. It was one of these classic uh, cross-country rides. That's exactly what we did. Uh, he, he had created his own business and he did really well and he decided this is something he really wanted to do and see with his wife and two children, me and my brother and my mother. Uh, so we got in a car. And it was a classic car too. It was a brand new 1969 uh, Chevy. I'm trying to think of the color. It was like a um, a sea foam blue, really awesome looking thing with a big motor in it, you know, the, the classic gigantic Chevrolet engine in it in 1969. And we blasted our way across the country. And I know we ended up on Route 70 going east and west. So it was kind of uh, nostalgic for me to see that sign, Route 70. And I'm like, wow, that's funny. The last time I was here was 1969. How many years and years and years ago that was. Uh, and I remember we saw the arch. You know, as we were driving, because we, we didn't, I don't think we stopped in St. Louis. I don't think we stopped there. 1969, I was seven, almost eight, I guess, when we went through. And I remember seeing this big, silver, glowing, beautiful arch in the sunlight. But we didn't stop at it. And tomorrow, 
while I'm in town, I'm going to go, and there's actually a tram car. I think it holds five or ten people, and it goes up and over the arch, and you stop at the top, and you can see all the area all around you, uh, and then it comes back down. It's also a national park, which I didn't realize. One of the, uh, the guys I work with is actually one of these people that loves going to as many national parks as he can, and that's part of his hobby. All his vacations, he goes to national parks, and he hadn't been to this one. So when we were uh, booking our stuff to get here, he goes, hey, why don't we go to the arch? So we're going to go see the arch. And that should be really cool. And I'll tell you about it and how cool it is. It's interesting here in the downtown. You know, you hear so many things about St. Louis. And East St. Louis, I think, is what you hear about. And like many American cities, you hear that they're plagued with crime, that there's all kinds of horrible crime and... Uh, you know, you, people are getting killed left and right, and it's dangerous. And it is, like any, any major blue city in America now, it is dangerous. But as I, as I get to the hotel and I'm, I'm walking around, and the downtown is kind of quiet. You know, I'm used to New York City when you have, you know, millions of people on the street. Newark, New Jersey, millions of people on the street. Jersey City, people everywhere. This is a big city, and there, there wasn't millions of people out in the streets uh, like you would expect. It was quiet. Uh, there was a few people here and there. So I went and I got one of the best hamburgers I ever had. Uh, I forget what they call it. There, there was a name for it and I, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know the name of the burger place, but I was directed there uh, by a local individual. And the hamburger was fantastic. It was really, really good. And as while I'm there eating, I see two police officers come in. And as I am a former law enforcement officer myself, you know, it's one of those things you're never former. I'm always Lieutenant Joe. You know, you earn that rank and, and people, you, you get to keep it. So I see these two officers and I walk over and I introduce myself to them and I, you know, ask them how they're doing. So it was interesting. They were uh, two, two young fellas. And I said, hey, how's things here? You hear a lot of stuff about uh, St. Louis and it doesn't look that bad. He goes, well, uh, it's it's not that bad. Um, we have a lot of uh, vagrants. We have a lot of homeless people that cause a lot of chaos downtown, uh, you know, doing all kinds of things. He goes, so we're down here. He goes, we kind of started moving them along this morning because of this big convention that's coming in town. You know, the convention is going to be here for a whole week and brings in thousands of people and, you know, obviously a lot of revenue for the downtown. You can't have... Uh, conference attendees getting robbed and beat up and accosted in the street. So they moved them all out and these officers were there monitoring the situation to see how it goes. It's also very, very warm here. Uh, very, very warm. Uh, it's supposed to cool down, but you're talking 80 degrees, right? 80 degrees. So it was, it was a nice change of pace. But here I am and I have a, a, a nice impression of the city so far. Driving in with the Uber driver, very nice woman, um, and she was telling me that, uh, you know, there are some areas that are really bad. You got to really be careful where you go. Don't go after dark, you know, that kind of thing. She says, but, you know, in general, on a nice sunny day, you know, the, there's a lot to do in downtown and it seems like a nice enough place. So I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm going to be here for the, uh, for the week and I hope to go see more sights and sounds uh, of what's going on here in St. Louis, Missouri. All right, so we're watching the political world and we see uh, Michigan, 
people are voting in Michigan and, and some, I think it's Tlaib, Rashida Tlaib, member of the squad, uh, telling people in Michigan they're very upset with Joe Biden for not putting an end to the war uh, between uh, Israel, who's fighting to uh, protect itself, and Hamas, who are terrorists. Uh, and she's upset that, you know, he should stop it. He should stop it. He's hurting the people of, uh, of Gaza. And I understand that. And nobody wants any innocent person to suffer. But like I've said before, it's unfortunate. But Hamas brought this on. Hamas is responsible for every death that took place on October 7th, every rape, every mutilation, every, every destruction of a human being, and the hostages that are still being held. American, Israeli, and other countries are still being held for months now. And the world just seems to be okie-dokie with it. That's just what it is. You know, there's hostages. Oh, well, it is sick. But anyway, uh, we're watching the political world, and Rashid is telling people to vote, you know, uh, present really, as opposed to for Biden. So there's a big uh, there's a big push not to not to protect. Who are they going to vote for? You know, you see these polls. You know, these polls. Biden is the lowest poll he's ever had. He's incompetent. He walked off the plank. He forgot his name. He ate dog food. Whatever it is that they can come up with, where you could say it's really unfortunate. This this guy's in really bad shape mentally. He should not be the leader of the United States in the free world. He can't do it. Um, but the reality is, on election day. He might win. There's a very good chance he might win because the most important thing that's coming up here. This is the most important thing, and I don't know how. I don't know how we deal with it as a question of conscience or as a question of what's right. Is it is it better to take a stand and lose, and have what you're trying to fight happen anyway, or is it better to find some kind of a compromise, gain power, and then do what you can? All right. So of course, what I'm talking about is abortion. And that's what this is going to come down to. Again, doesn't matter that this, this guy is scrambled eggs in the brain. Doesn't matter that. And I, I say that because it's because of age. You know, it's not, everyone's going to be there eventually. You know, everyone's going to have this problem. But he, he's got scrambled eggs for brains. He, he really should not be running the free world. He might have some moments of lucidity, but you could see him. He goes in the wrong direction. He stumbles. He doesn't know how to walk. He's got all these problems. It's, it's really unfortunate, but when it comes down to it, half, if not more than half, of the people in our country are going to vote because they want to have the ability to kill babies on demand. It's as simple as that. They want to end pregnancies when they want to. Um, and I, I don't mean to say it in such a, a negative way. It's just, it's shocking to me that this culture of death that we have in our country, uh, this culture of, uh, you know, euthanasia should be good and you know kill the babies if they're out of the way kill the baby right after it's born if you change your mind at the last minute this is this is not stuff of, of a healthy society because what i've said before it's it's not like you have a choice to get rid of cancer you know you're going to get rid of cancer so go in and surgically remove the cancer a baby is not cancer a baby's a human being a gift from god now that's that's my belief i agree that is my belief that first of all that it's god that there is a god and god sends babies to people uh yes and may i don't know maybe, maybe i'm naive and it's really there's nothing here and this is all just you know i don't want to get into the whole thing my point being this is this is where this looks like it's it's going to go no matter how low he goes in the polls 
no matter how many times he falls off the airplane or how many times he eats ice cream and doesn't know where he's at. No, it doesn't matter how much he lies about knowing nothing about Hunter's uh, business and the family business. No matter how much he lies and goes round and round and round, half, if not more, than the people in this country are going to pull the lever for him because they want to be able to kill their babies. That becomes the biggest thing that's really out there, and it's, it's really a shame. You know, uh, abortion is still legal in the United States. Uh, it's community standards based now. If a state votes that they don't want abortion, then that state doesn't allow abortion. But you can go to the next state. You can go over the border. You can go somewhere else and go there and have your abortion. It's not that it's completely illegal. It's a community standard. And we, we do that by voting. And that's what determines. You know, you vote for people that, that support your point of view. Uh, and if a community votes that life is more important than abortion, then they will have no abortion. And if another place decides that killing babies is more important, then they'll have the ability to do that. Um, and if you're in a community where you want to be able to kill babies and you can't, then you have to move or you vote for somebody else. And that's really what it comes down to, right? That's the whole thing. Who you vote for is the community standard. So I understand that, and I don't mean to be harsh about that. It's you know, it, it's hard not to, it's hard not to take it to that point because I care about the babies. You know, I get it. I have a wife. I have a daughter. Uh, I, I have uh, many, many friends who are women, and they deserve to be able to make the decision about their body. I absolutely agree. It's their body, and they should make that decision. I said, but I always just wonder, what about the baby? What about the baby? Who, who speaks for the baby? You know, because it is a human being and it is alive, right? So we see this is going to be the big, um, the big push, no matter how much they don't like uh, that he's not stopping Israel and he's trying to stop Israel now. Right? He's trying to stop them before they go in and wipe out their leadership because they're caught in, uh, what is it, Rafa? That's where they're, they're ready to attack. And that's where all the leadership has been cornered, and they should probably go in and, and clear out the leadership of Hamas. Not kill innocent Palestinians, not kill innocent people of Gaza or West Bank. The leadership that planned, plotted, and pulled off the October 7th massacre of uh, 1,200 to 1,300 innocent Israeli citizens, women, children, babies. They should, be, they should suffer the penalty for that decision. Um, but I don't know that I don't know that they're going to. I think uh, there's too much pressure on Israel, and I think Netanyahu does not want to back down. But I think uh, there might be some kind of a back down before they go in and wipe them out completely. But anyway, my point being is that this is election time, and Rashid Talib is telling the people of Michigan, "Don't vote for Biden. Vote President, not for him. Show him a message." And that's that's actually. Even though I don't agree with her on many things, that is how you do things. You do it through the ballot. You vote for things. Uh, if the community is upset with him because he, he does that, then they should vote that way and show it. We show, our, we show our displeasure with the leadership through the vote because that's the right way to do it. All right. On the other side, on the other side of this ballot issue, we see the Republican uh, primaries uh, rolling up and rolling. And we see Donald Trump uh, is being uh, is the winner in everything so far. And today or, or yesterday, recently, uh, Ryan 
Benchley, is that how you say it? Ryan Benchley? Um, he was a uh, independent kind of guy running for the Republican nomination for president, and he, he dropped out, and he immediately endorsed Trump. He realized his campaign's not going anywhere, uh, but he dropped out and he endorsed Trump. Nikki Haley is still out there. Now, I saw a funny meme today. <coughs> Excuse me. I saw a funny meme today. Um, it was Nikki Haley holding a trophy, and it says, she lost her fifth primary, but she got her participation trophy. And then I saw another one. It was uh, Nikki Haley, and it looked like she was wearing a straight jacket, and she was in a room like, you know, where a person who would, who's uh, mentally insane might be uh, maintained so they don't hurt themselves. And she's going, I won't drop out. I won't drop out. I will not. I will not drop out, you know, insinuating that she's nuts. What is she doing? Why is she not dropping out? She's, she's not winning anything. She's not going to win the, uh, the nomination. So there's only a couple of reasons that she's still in. Number one, um, something happens to Trump either physically or one of these lawsuits or cr criminal cases uh, makes it impossible for him to continue. And then she would pop up and be the nominee because uh, she's still in it. Although all these other people that drop out, that's why they say they're suspending their campaign. Right? They're not saying, I'm giving up, I'm over. They're suspending it. I mean, they're just putting it off for now, and uh, maybe we'll come back later. So I find that interesting. Um, but she's not, get, she's not getting it. So the other reasons, all right? So either she's either waiting for her opportunity to take place, or she's being paid a lot of money by a lot of people on the left who are trying to keep her in to try and damage Trump, slow things down, whatever. Uh, and she's gaining money and, you know, she can use it for her next run, whatever. The problem I think she has, first of all, the, 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 the Republican Party is Trump's party now for the most part. I mean, most people who are Trump supporters, the base of Trump supporters, are not, are not all about Donald Trump and everything that he says and everything that he does. It's about his policies. It's about his willingness to fight back against the liberal progressive left that is trying every single day to take over our lives, socialize our country, and centralize all power in government. And Trump is fighting back, and that's what people like. That's why when I hear, hear our friends on the left say, I don't get it. He gets indicted five times, and, he, and, he, and, he's, and he's, his popularity goes up. What do people say in this guy? Well, there's a couple things in that statement right there. The fact that they pretend that these indictments are not political, and obviously they all are, all these cases are, because they honestly thought that that would drive him out of the race. They wanted him out. And the fact that they can't understand, well, come on, we did it four times and he's still in. They don't get it, why people are still supporting Trump, because first of all, most of us know that they're all political and they're nonsense, just like the impeachments were nonsense and everything else they tried to do to him, the Russian hoax, you go down the line you name it. And you can see why everything is fake. They are trying to just drive this guy completely out of the race through means that they can't get him out through the ballot box. So that is frustrating to people. But Nikki Haley, she, she, is, not, she is not a new wave conservative Republican. She says she is, but she's not. She's in, she's in the line of the Bush family. Um, she's, she's a, a more uh, restrictive, more a rhino Republican 
you know, more, you know, okay, let's do what the Democrats want. Let's reach across the aisle and let's do their stuff too. We'll just do it a little bit better than they want, as opposed to conservatives and Trump who say, no, we're not doing this nonsense that they want to do. Uh, we are not going to uh, follow this progressive lead. We're going to fight back against it, right? We're going we're gonna to go more traditional America. And that is why I think, you know, the politics is, is a fickle is a fickle business. In uh, you know four years after this, we'll be doing this all over again. And Trump, whether he's the president on his way out for his second term, or he was the you know no longer a candidate, uh, we are going to have the same battle. And she may rise then at that point, and she might fight DeSantis at that point. Now DeSantis, I think, would take up the mantle of a Trump without the Trump baggage, and I think we would see that battle once again. Uh, you know, between the conservatives and the rhinos and how it's going to go. So uh, I, don't, I don't know. That's the only couple of reasons I can think Haley is still in it. She's getting paid money. She's looking for something down the road. Um, she hates Trump like the rest of them. She wants to do something to hurt him, but she's not. She's hurting herself. She's making herself look foolish, weak, stupid, dumb. Um, I don't know. And I, I thought she was, I, I think she is an articulate smart person who her policies are, are just too 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 weak they're just too weak and that's how you know we look at we look at all these policies it's not so much the people though you can look at individuals and say they have quirks they have flaws they have um good and bad qualities just like people say it about trump oh he's horrible the orange man he's horrible he's horrible he's horrible well he's not really horrible he's a very generous man does he say some horrible things sometimes sure do they come out wrong sure they do uh do they misinterpret the things he says of course they do on purpose uh could he also be smarter about how he says things in public of course he could but all of these people you know i, I often said barack obama seemed like a good father and a good husband and he looked like, uh, you know, he might be a nice guy to know to have a beer with. But his policies are horrible for the country. They're absolutely horrible for the country. And therefore, I am against his policies. He seems like a nice enough guy, I would suppose. You know, though I don't know him personally. All right. So, well, we're in the world of, of politics. I guess eventually uh, there's a couple things we're going to talk about today after we take our break. Uh, we're going to talk about a... For by all accounts, a wonderful young American woman who was taken at the beginning of her life, taken unfairly, unjustly, removed from this world uh, by an illegal immigrant. And of course, I'm talking about um, Lake, uh, Lake and Riley from Georgia, the young girl, University of Georgia girl who was uh, killed by an illegal immigrant who was here improperly, um, illegally, and he took this young lady's life. And we're going to talk about her when we come back a little bit. Uh, and there's lots of things like that. You know, life, life is not always necessarily fair or right, but there are things that can be prevented. And any of the crime that's taking place that's happening because of illegal immigration, if somebody's victimized, beaten, robbed, raped, stabbed, shot, injured, killed in a DWI crash, by someone who is here illegally, uh, yes, you can be robbed, raped, and murdered in America by Americans. You can. You can be killed by an American drunk driver. You can. But the incidents of these people who were killed by people who should not be here, those people would be alive. Because if we didn't allow 
this illegal immigration, then those individuals would not be here and the people who were victimized by them would still be with us. So we're going to talk about um, Lake and Riley when we come back a little bit. Uh, other things we're going to talk about in the news is the um, the politics, this, this never-ending politics over identification and who people are. I don't care who somebody is. I don't care who they love. I don't care what they want to call themselves. You know, I, I have a right to call myself whatever I want. And, be, and I get it. You call yourself whatever you want. The problem we have is when we demand that other people adopt what we believe as well, as opposed to just saying, you want to do it? You, you want to say that about yourself? That's fine. Um, and of course, we're talking about people who are uh, immediately called transphobic or uh, they, they, they hate people. You know, people don't hate people just because they don't understand or disagree with something somebody's doing. And at the same time, I think we have to be tolerant of people. We have to be tolerant of people and their choices. It's okay. If you want to be called uh, her, he, him, whatever, and that's not who you are biologically, I don't care. That's, that's what you want to do. That's fine. I, I have no reason to hurt your feelings. Um, if I'm aware of what you want to be called, I'll, I'll call you that. You know, that, that's perfectly fine. That's, that's how it should be. And people should be able to live their lives. The problem is when people get in trouble because they don't follow this. I mean, you know, you see some people and you say, uh, hi, how are you, Bob? My name's not Bob anymore. My name is Gertrude. And you called me that on her purpose. You're attacking me. You dead named me. And, and then I the other person who did is like, I, I didn't realize. I had no idea. I'm sorry. Uh, because I'm not part of your world. I'm not part of your, you know, you, you decided to think this way. I, I just didn't see it. So I'm sorry, you know, and, but that's what I said. You don't want to purposely hurt somebody's feelings. You don't want to uh, marginalize them and ostracize them. But we got to calm down a little bit with this. You know, I get the tolerance. Be tolerant. Be tolerant of other people. But that goes both ways. That's a two-way street. You know, people have to be tolerant of other people too, right? So we'll talk about that a little bit when we come back. Um, I did find something interesting real quick. Um, I'm an aviation fan. I love flying, everything that flies, um, helicopters, airplanes. Um, I have, I'm supposed to get uh, flying lessons this summer. I hope I can get to it. Um, but I, I love flight. You know, even flying out here, I was in an Embraer 175, which is a kind of an airplane, a smaller one. 75 people on board, jet engines, 500 miles. And it was awesome to take off. The pilot was great. Uh, turbulence, you know, going through the turbulence. It was great. I just love everything about flying. Well, there's an odd story out there when it comes to flying. Uh, in Savannah, Georgia, Savannah, Georgia, uh, beautiful city, by the way. If you ever want to go see something really cool, go to Savannah, Georgia. It is the river walk. Oh my gosh, what a fun time that is. It's like a two mile long cobblestone thing that follows the, the river and it's all bars. They're like garage doors in this big cliff and there's, oh, it's, it's so much fun. Savannah is really great. Matter of fact, now that I say it, I'm going to have to go back there with uh, Mrs. Lieutenant Joe sooner rather than later. But when I was looking at that, I saw this funny story that there are actually two graves, G-R-A-V-E-S, graves where people are buried uh, at the edge of runway 10. Uh, actually, there's, uh, there's Richard and Kathleen Dobson uh, were buried there apparently a while ago. And when the airport decided to extend runway number 10 the family didn't want the bodies removed so uh when people land on runway 10 the busiest runway at savannah uh, there's two markers 
in the in the runway for where these people are buried. And apparently, there's four people there, two other family members. So, isn't that interesting that there's a grave in a runway in Savannah, Georgia? So next time, if you go there or fly there, look for it and see if you can see Richard and Kathleen or Catherine uh, Dobson who are buried on the runway. I right, we'll be back in a minute with more Chasing Justice. Cholesterol, blood pressure, blood sugar, inflammation, and weight. These are all real-world problems that 87% of Americans are struggling with. Often, there are no symptoms, but left unattended, we become inundated with one health problem after another. It's time to fight back with Heal Right. Heal Right is a bar that you eat, but it's food as medicine that addresses the nutritional root cause of health issues in just eight weeks. Developed by world-renowned scientists and backed by 15 years of research, Heal Right is effective, but it's also delicious and works without additional diet or lifestyle changes. Step out of the statistics and use food as medicine. Visit HealRight.com OutLoud or AmericaOutloud.shop and use the code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Today's high-stress, on-the-go lifestyle makes it hard to stay heart-healthy. Lifestyle changes like exercise and diet are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support three aspects of heart health, cholesterol, blood pressure, and triglycerides, with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients. You would need to take 13 pills to get the same amount of nutrients in each gel pack. And these great-tasting gels come in a small packet. Tear off the top, shoot it down, or mix it in water. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. Who's got time for a nasal invasion messing up your lifestyle? Crush those nasties before they become a problem. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order with the coupon code OUTLOUD, you'll receive 20% off the entire purchase. Go to americaoutloud.shop. That's americaoutloud.shop and use coupon code OUTLOUD. Use Cofix RX because it works. Welcome back. Okay, so there's there's some things I want to I want to talk about today, but there's something also I, I you know I, I like I look at popular culture too. Then there's a reason you look at popular culture because it's about the time of where where we're at, what's going on in our lives. You know, you see on social media. Did you know that um, Patricia Pat Priest, who was Marilyn Munster, the second Marilyn? Uh, who was in most of the series for The Munsters, one of my favorite TV shows, by the way. Um, do you know that she's still alive and she's out there? And I think she's 89 years old now. Uh, absolutely amazing, right? You don't think uh, some of these people that maybe you grew up with on TV and, and the, the culture, the power and culture of TV uh, for most of us, uh, when we were kids and you grow up watching these things, these movies and TV shows, how they become embedded in, into your life and what it's really all about. So Pat Priest is still with us. So happy birthday, uh, Pat Priest. I did see uh, another one of my favorite actors and a really good American uh, is Gary Sinise. Gary Sinise does a lot um, 
with our soldiers and, and airmen and, and Marines and all these people to try and help uh, who people who are injured. Gary Sneeze, he helps. Uh, he, he's just a good man. And he's a great actor. I, he first came to, to, uh, to my attention. Uh, one of my favorite writers, though politically I think he's a little wacky, but one of my favorite writers that I try to emulate uh, as I was developing my fictional writing style uh, is Stephen King. And Stephen King wrote a uh, what I consider one of the best um, best novels for the genre, you know, end of the world genre, in a, in a a book called The Stand. Now it came out late '70s, early '80s. And I, I got turned on to it uh, because I started reading his other his other works, uh, The Shining, and I saw the movie The Shining. It was great. And then I read The Stand. The Stand is the end of the world story, where what happens is uh, God decides that it's going to be a battle between God and the devil, and there's a uh, a virus that escapes a military laboratory that has like a 99.9% kill rate, and it kills off almost everybody in the world very, very quickly. And the people that are left, the characters that are left are immune to this thing. And one of these characters uh, is a young man from, uh, from Texas named uh, uh, Stuart, right? Stuart, Stuart Redman. And uh, he was played by, in the miniseries from the 1990s uh, by Gary Sinise. Gary Sinise was Stu Redman. Stu Redman was a hero in the book. He was, he was really great. And when I saw the miniseries, the original miniseries, and I saw Gary Sinise, he really became Stu Redman in the book. So if anybody that reads, you know how you can really like certain characters and um, really get into them. And then when you see the actor that plays him, you'd be like, ah, oh, that's... That doesn't seem like the this Gary Sinise was Stu Redman, good, good, decent guy, and did all the right things. But anyway, long and short of it, I like Gary Sinise. I'm very, uh, very proud of him. The work he does with our military, and he's always trying to do the right thing. He just, him and his family have just recently suffered a terrible, terrible tragedy. Uh, his 33-year-old son, I'm going to try and say his name right, McCanna, McCanna Sinise. Uh, they called him Mac. Uh, 33 years old. He just died of a very, very rare form of cancer, um, chronoma. It's called chronoma. Only 300 people a year come down with this cancer. Now you think of how, how prevalent cancer is. Almost everybody knows somebody who has cancer or died from cancer or had cancer surgery, whatever. Uh, but only 300 people a year get this chronoma. And Gary Sinise's son, uh, McKenna, got it. And he died recently. And that's a that's a terrible, sad thing to lose a child, especially to something so tragic as, as that cancer. But I mention him because he's a popular culture figure, uh, Gary Sneed. He was also Lieutenant Diane in, uh, for those of you who haven't seen The Stand, he was Lieutenant Diane in the, uh, oh, what was the movie? Uh, Forrest Gump. He was Lieutenant Diane. He was an, he's an excellent actor, just really a great guy. And, and I, I really feel bad that he lost his son. I feel bad for anyone who lost, who loses anyone, um, which kind of drives us right into uh, my conversation I want to have about a young lady whose life was taken from her, uh, Lake and Riley, down in, uh, in Georgia, University of Georgia. Lake and I believe she was 23 years old, 22 or 23 years old. Uh, nursing was, I think, her profession she was going into. 
and she was murdered while she was out jogging by an illegal immigrant. And it's not like this illegal immigrant had never been in trouble before. He had been arrested previous, uh, previously for abuse of a child. And I'm not specific on the charges, but it, it, was, it was, he did something, I don't know, I don't know it was sexual with the child, but he, he endangered the welfare of a child and he was let go. Um, he was paroled on spot and let go into the country. And he ended up somehow in Georgia and he ended up crossing paths with Lake and Riley and taking her life. Now, when I look at a picture of this young lady and we hear about, we hear about these horrific tragedies every single day, tragedies, crimes committed against people every single day. And we, we kind of get numb to the brutality with which some people live and how they, 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 they deal out this brutality and this ugliness to, to people uh, like this poor young lady. So when I look at her picture and she's a, a beautiful young woman, she has her whole life ahead of her and it was taken from her by this, by this person. And when I saw it, it reminded me that if, if you kind of look, this is, this, it could be one of those watershed moments. It's, it's being used politically on both sides no doubt about it. Um, you know, the left is using it uh, to say, you know, to, to stand up, oh, this is not about illegal immigration. This was about the dangerous female joggers uh, have to face, which is ridiculous. Now it's true, it's true. Women alone can be victimized. It happens all the time. You know, we've seen it. This is not the first female jogger to be attacked, raped and murdered. Now I don't know if Lakin um, was sexually assaulted. They haven't said that yet. Uh, apparently, it came out very recently that uh, it was blunt force trauma. He hit her in the head with something. Um, and we haven't heard all the details, right? Just like we don't always hear the details because it doesn't fit the narrative. Uh, they don't want to rile people up against the illegal immigrants because, you know, they're really good people. There are no bad ones like Trump said. And, uh, and, and as you know, from my own personal belief, I believe most of the people that are coming here illegally want to come here for a better life. And they are good people. They just want a better life. But with them comes a lot of bad, bad people. They're, they're clearing out their jails, their mental institutions in all these countries to get rid of them. They're sending us potential terrorists. Uh, how, do, how do we get, you know, five, six, seven, eight hundred uh, Chinese nationals here? How do they get out of China and then come here and cross the Mexican border and end up in America? How do we get uh, Iranians who would love nothing more than to destroy the United States physically, uh, kill us? Uh, all these different countries that, that send people uh, that, that at home hate the United States, you know? How do we get all these people showing up here uh, and walking right across the border? The tragedy of Lake and Riley, besides the tragedy for her family and her personally, to have her life taken from her for no good reason uh, at all. It, there's nothing you can come up with. Uh, you know, if she was doing a bank robbery and got killed in a bank robbery, you'd say, well, she did something stupid. This was just a young woman out for a jog and someone decided to attack her and brutalize her. So when I was saying earlier that Yes, American citizens commit crimes. American citizens rape, murder, stab, shoot people too. They do. But you can separate into the point that if this man who did this to her was not allowed in this country, Lake and Riley would still be alive. 
And that doesn't mean other people who would be victimized by criminals, American criminals, homegrown criminals, uh, would not be victimized. But this one particular young woman would not be dead. And you can't take that, you can't take that and hide that and say, well, that's just one woman. You can't base everything on one. No, think about that. She is, Lake and Riley is all of our daughters. She is all of our sisters. She is all of our children and wives. She is an American and she was taken brutally from her family, from her, her own life. But really she could be anyone we know anyone we're related to and I, I mourn for her loss and I, I, I feel so badly for her parents and her family and friends who, who are now left without her they will never get to speak to her again sure they can pray to her and they'll see her one day in paradise I do believe that but it's not today today she was brutally taken from them and, and that is absolutely horrible and that's why I say she is all of our daughters because this can happen to anyone anywhere anytime now with all the things that we see going on and crime is on the rise in America all for the same reasons you see so for those who are new here to our our 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Monday through Friday Friday uh, get-together is that all of these things that we talk about in one way or another have something to do with justice. So what is the justice for Lake and Riley? Well, the justice will be what the young man who did this will be imprisoned forever. Um, he will receive the death penalty. Yeah, that's, that could be justice. There's justice that it doesn't bring her back. It doesn't give her back her life. It doesn't give her mother and father back their daughter. For them to see and, and have her have children and grandchildren and all it doesn't give them back any of that that is an unnecessary suffering that took place here because of policy policy you know the homegrown american crime that can affect every single one of us at any time that crime is rising because of policy uh, twisted thinking about crime and punishment uh, people obfuscating truths so that it fits a narrative. People hiding the truth because they don't like how it looks. It doesn't back up what they want to say out loud. Uh, this is this is a different place than we're in now, and that is, I think, that is that is one of the hard lessons that this is teaching us. You know, how is this portrayed? You know, college student murdered while jogging. And then when they caught the suspect and they found out that he was an illegal uh, immigrant here, uh, they didn't want to, certain news stations did not want to talk about that. Instead, they want to talk about the danger to young women who are jogging. Really, that's an obfuscation of the obvious. Yes, the other side of it is yes, young women out jogging uh, are in danger. Uh, you know, we have seen uh, many young women uh, be attacked while they're out jogging. That's absolutely true, and that's horrific and horrible. Uh, but the news here was not only was she a jogger who was attacked and murdered, it was who attacked and murdered her, and they didn't want that part of the narrative coming out, so they ignored it. Just like the shooting at the uh, Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl, they don't like uh, they don't like what the narrative 
says about who the shooters were. And you know what? I don't care who the shooters are. I don't care what their race is. I don't care where they're from. Just tell the truth. Just tell the truth. But the problem is a lot of times people don't like the truth because the truth points in directions that they don't like. And that's really a sad thing. And that's what I wanted to talk about with Lake and Riley. I want to, you know, pray to God that he takes her soul to heaven and that he comforts her family uh, so that at some point, someday in the future, uh, they can all be together again and the pain of what has happened here would move on. But this is a stark warning for all of us, whether it's an illegal immigrant or a homegrown American criminal, it's all about policy. And when it comes down to it, we have two choices of, of what we're gonna do. We're gonna either vote for the people who are giving us these horrible, terrible policies that are gonna continue the struggle we're all having, not just with crime, but with the cost of everything, uh, with inflation, with the fact that they can't get people in our military. Nobody wants to be in the military, the woke military. Uh, we're losing police officers every single day that are retiring, leaving. They can't hire police officers. They're closing police departments down, which make it worse. All of this is because of policy and who we choose. And it comes right down to saying, you know, how many people, no matter how much they don't like Joe Biden, there's a very, very good chance that he wins the next election uh, because people are wrapped up in the policies of the left and the progressives. The beliefs that, you know, criminals are, 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 are all innocent. They're just grabbed off the street by racist cops uh, who just want to attack them and, and, and go after people and, you know, all that nonsense. And... What are, we, what are we left with? A dangerous society where your daughter, your son, you, your wife, your parents could be victimized uh, brutally and you may or may not get justice. And that is an injustice. So that's why I want to talk about that. God bless you, Lakin. You know, hopefully this is a, your life will not be taken in vain, that this may be a moment that people open their eyes and look around and say, I don't know what exactly is right or wrong here to do going forward, but what we're doing is not right. We have to change this. And the only way to change this is to change the leadership. And for you rhinos out there, that means you too. Get your act together. You know, you, you, you measly, sniffling little cowards running around. Oh, I got to get reelected. I can't say what's real. You're miserable and you're part of the problem too. So primary them, everybody. Get rid of them. Get in some good, decent people who want to uh, do the right thing for all of us, for everybody, for every neighborhood. Every single person in our country deserves to live a free, a life free from violence, crime, fear, hatred. Uh, you know, we can all be more tolerant of each other, uh, but we should live safely and we should be a strong America. Okay? So <sighs> my pages of outrages here while I'm on the road are interesting. Um, the border, the border is wide open and it's, it's, I don't know, we, we play such stupid games with words. We play such stupid games with words. We, we, you know, don't believe your lion eyes is the old saying. You see the border and you see thousands and thousands of people coming over the border illegally every single day, just piling over the border. Uh, and then we see 
thousands of people running away, not turning themselves in to get the free stuff. Why are they doing that? I think I've asked that before. Why would you not turn yourself in and get a free bus ticket or a plane ticket to the city you want to go, a phone, a gift card worth $1,500 a month, uh, all kinds of uh, four-star hotels you could stay in and uh, wonderful places like New York? Why would you not want to turn yourself in? Why would you want to take off through the desert running? Well, because uh, number one, you don't believe it. Number two, you're smuggling drugs or people. And number three, you want to do bad things when you get here. You don't want people knowing who you are. That's the only really three choices you got. And here, here's this, this President Biden who has not been down to the border. The border czar, Kamala, she was put in charge of the border and she went to a city 400 miles from the border. Um, why wasn't she down there every single day monitoring this? Where is where is AOC and the squad in their in their white pants suit down at the crying at the border, looking at what's happening? Why do they only do that when laws are being enforced? Right? It is such a mess. It is such a falsehood. What we're all living right now. What we're all living right now is a falsehood. There is no truth. The media is not giving us the truth. It's all lies pushed for political benefit, one side or the other, and we are all suffering because of it. So we look at this border, and uh, the president's going to go down there at the same time Donald Trump's going to go down. There. They're going to be a couple hundred miles apart, two different uh, cities. But Joe Biden's finally going to go to the border. Now, do you think he's going to see the actual border conditions that our border patrol agents are having to deal with? And these cities in, uh, on the long border are having to suffer through? No, they're going to do the same thing that these blue cities do when they have a convention there. And they go out three or four days ahead of time and they clean up all the homeless people. They wash down all the urine and feces off the street. They get rid of the needles and the drug dealers and all the garbage and the crap that's out there. And they clean it all up so when the cameras come and the politicians come, boy, it's not so bad. And they're going to do the exact same thing. You think Biden's going to really go where they're having uh, people uh, runaways and where they're having getaways and where, where they're having human trafficking and the suffering that these poor people that are coming that are victimized? No, he's not going to see any of that. It's going to be a camera opportunity. And uh, all the media is going to slobber all over themselves. To, Joe Biden is doing such a great, it's the safest border we ever had. And we all know it's not. So it, it's, it's the emperor's new clothes every single day in America. It's the emperor's new clothes every single day when it comes to uh, Joe Biden and our friends on the left. They pretend, they pretend, they pretend, they lie, they twist it. The media lies and twists it and none of us get the truth. And that doesn't help any of us. You know, it's okay. We can choose policies that are progressive and are socialist. We can do whatever we want. We can vote for that stuff, but at least we should get the right information to make the right choices. So we can choose, gee, we really want that, not sugarcoat it, not pretend that it's something that it's not. And that's all we really get right now. And the border is a clear example of that. Very, very clear. Uh, we know it's a mess. We know it's horrible, but nobody cares. And it, we won't get the right, the, the media will not portray it correctly. All right. So another, another big situation that we're seeing now, uh, you remember covid Remember living through that? Remember March 15th of 2020 when the world shut down? That was crazy. Um, you know, I still have videos that pop up on my social media of uh, March 20th and March 25th when everything shut down. And it was weird because we knew people who actually got COVID and got really sick. 
but not everybody. And, you know, we were it was like, okay, everybody gets a couple weeks off to flatten the curve. We'll stay home, you know, and there was videos that we made, you know, hey, we're, uh, we're trying to live through this. And then I see them pop up and I remember that was the beginning of, of several really, really long years and suffering uh, that we went through, not only because of COVID, but because of all the things that came with it. Again, this was, what did the government tell you? You only could believe one thing about COVID. There was no medicines or treatments because if there was a medicine or treatment, then the emergency that they had listed so they could make the vaccines would not be valid. So therefore there were no treatments, right? And you had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of doctors who were blackballed, removed from their uh, licenses because they came out and said, well, ivermectin and uh, hydroxychloroquine will uh, will be effective against this. It'll protect people. No, they were destroyed and you were not allowed to have that medication. I told you the story. We knew somebody who got a prescription from their doctor early on for uh, ivermectin and they went to the doctor to fill this prescription, which up until that point had been filled every time somebody walked in with a doctor's prescription. And the woman behind the counter looked at it and said, well, I'm not giving you this. You can't have this. And she says, what are you talking about? It's my prescription from my doctor. No, you're not allowed. And then all over these states were making rules that you couldn't have hydroxychloroquine. You couldn't have ivermectin, right? Un unbelievable. Well, now we're seeing all the, uh, the, the ramifications of this experimental um, vaccine that they're still pushing out there. We're now seeing the young people with uh, heart conditions how many young people have we seen collapse and die? Uh, there was a, in, in the national or the international soccer association, there was a report that normally, you know, cause it's a huge organization, thousands and thousands of players. Every, every year they have X amount of young people who will die from a heart condition, an undiagnosed heart condition and they're athletic and they die. It happens all the time in your local high school, kid playing basketball falls down and dies or a boy 12 years old on a football field dies of a heart condition. It happens. The number of deaths in the soccer association worldwide was astronomical because of heart conditions. Not, not like a blip, okay, every year there's 100, this year there was 130. It was like this year there was 1,030. And why? They were all vaccinated. And now we're finding that uh, there, there are cardiac, 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 I can't say how, can't, cardiac, it was a cardiac reaction to the, uh, to the vaccine that's permanently injured. Many, many people have hurt their hearts. Myocarditis, I think that's what it is. Myocarditis, I think that's what it's called. For you doctors out there, if I got it wrong, all right, forgive me, I'm not a doctor, I'm trying to remember the name of it. But we're finding out now, there's a study that came out that um, pregnant women who have been vaccinated uh, and then get COVID um, or get COVID on their own. There's one in 10 women are now having long-term COVID. Why, what do we, you know, what's this, what's it? Because COVID was a military weapon made in a laboratory to do exactly what it did and it got out. You're pretending if you don't see that that's what it was. It came from a bat in a market where they eat bats. Ridiculous, ridiculous. Now you're even seeing the Fauci crowd say, well, we never said that it didn't come from a lot. And they certainly did. They were protected. Why they're protecting China? Because they're all getting money from China. Biden's are getting millions of dollars from China. Fauci gets money. They all get money. 
China. Money is the devil's handiwork, my friends. Follow the money. That's why you follow the money. You follow what happens with crime. Okay, so that's a problem. COVID is still a problem out there. It's still serious. People are still getting it. Uh, people are still dying from it. It's, uh, it. it's not as potent as it was. I've had it twice. Me and my wife have had COVID twice. And both times, we were lucky enough and smart enough that we found a doctor in the golden state of Florida, uh, where the governor allowed them to issue uh, prescriptions for hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. And we got our prescriptions. And when we got sick with COVID, as soon as we tested positive, we started taking the medication as per our doctor's orders. And within two or, two or three days, it was gone completely, both times, right? So now that's anecdotal because it's just two of us. But you know what? We have friends of ours that also called those same Florida doctors and got the medicine and they got COVID and the exact same results for them. Could you imagine how many thousands and thousands of people would have been saved if we could have let our doctors do the doctoring like they're supposed to and prescribe the drugs to you that they think will work. And if you trust that doctor, you go with it. Thousands and thousands of people. So that was another falsehood, another game that was played on us. All right, and the last thing I'm gonna talk about today, cause I'm wound up, now I'm wound up. You got me all wound up here. Uh, the Fannie Willis uh, fiasco is going on. You know, they're going after Trump. One of the, the four cases going after Trump, going after Trump for trying to overturn an election. And we're finding out she is just as corrupt as the day is long. Uh, she hires her boyfriend, a real estate lawyer to go after the president. She pays him 600 and something thousand. And then he uses that money to take her on these trips and go all over the place. Now they're caught pretty much lying. I don't know if you've been watching these witnesses. Uh, she was up there lying, yelling and screaming. And the judge, you know, let her get away with it because he didn't want to, you know, say anything about her or doing, you know, put her in, into getting a bad spot. The witness that was on recently, the corroborating this uh, boyfriend relationship with her and the prosecutor, pretty much gave it away with his non-answers. Because if you could open your eyes, you could see he was lying like a rug. All right, my friends, listen, there's a lot of things out there to be upset about. There's also a lot of good things. There's hope. There's always hope that things can get better. Love your family, love your friends. And remember, be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. This is Lieutenant Joe. We will see you down the road.